Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the What A Baller podcast. I'm Anthony Waterson. As usual, I'm joined by Gary Clark. How are you doing, Gary? Yeah, doing very well. It's been a while since we've done a uh, put a proper podcast out. We've been doing a couple of spaces here and there because we've been uh, absolutely stored off with work. But uh, good, to, good to do a recording, mate. So it's like, like learn to ride a bike again, isn't it? I know. <laughs> it's like proper weird. I know. Never mind. Something will go wrong, no <laughs> doubt. Um, and we're joined once again by a friend of the pod now. Um, I think... On your third appearance, Charlotte, it's definitely <laughs> friend of the pod. Charlotte Camardi, how we doing, Charlotte? Yeah, I'm all good. How are we both? Yeah, we're all right. We're all right. Yeah. yeah, we're good. We're good. Gary, you good? Gary's yeah. been a bit ill. so Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm all right. I'll be fine. Don't worry about me. <laughs> so yeah, we've we've got we've got Charlotte back with us, but we're going to delve into Rochdale again because obviously since our last chat, um, which uh, to be fair, Charlotte, I thought you were a little bit sprightly about how how Rochdale were doing. Um, you know they, they were doing all right under Robbie Stockdale. Um, you know they were they weren't they weren't like you know top of the league or anything, but they certainly were in a position where they could have pushed for the playoffs. And we've seen like the likes of Bristol Rovers who have come out of nowhere. Um, so we thought Rochdale might have made a run for the playoffs, but it, it hasn't happened. Um, you know, the, the, the languishing in, I think, 20th place or something like that, aren't they? Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, I think they shouldn't get sucked in the relegation fight. But obviously things have been, things have changed on and off the pitch. I mean, we'll start with off the pitch, really, because there's been 
a big, big um, bit of controversy there, hasn't there, with the um, with the Dale Trust with some new owners potentially coming in. I mean, it's been a bit of a strange one, hasn't it? Yeah, it's mental, and it's all new for us Dale fans because, um, of course, we've we've always been fan owned. So we were formed 150, nearly 115 years ago, and we've always been fan owned. We've never had a majority owner. And um, yeah, there's been a lot of controversy going on at the minute. Um, I'll I'll try and explain some of the basics because if I'm being quite honest, it is quite long-winded and I'm not overly too sure of what's going on like a lot of fans. But basically, um, in, the sum- in the summer, we actually had, obviously, managerial changes. We've had a lot of new players, but also new board of directors who were all voluntary directors and our chairman as well, who's actually a Rochdale fan, which is amazing. But unfortunately for them, They've had to deal with a lot of problems to do with a lot of them. Our ex-employees will say, um, I can't name names because of certain reasons, but basically... Yeah, um, we don't want to call it. We don't want to yeah. call it. We're, we're <laughs> <I've skint>. <laughs> <laughs> If they sue me as well, I've got nothing. No, that's it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so basically there's an ongoing issue with shares and apparently... From what I can gather anyway, apparently um, there was a bit of, it's not it's not been done through the EFL and the EFL regulations kind of thing, rules and regulations. So the club have been penalised for it as well as certain individuals that aren't at the club anymore. And it's all because some old shareholders um, sold their shares apparently to a company called Martin House. Morton House have got a lot of names linked to that company that have been involved with several clubs before. And these clubs, there is evidence that these clubs have obviously not had the best experiences with these men involved. Charlton are one of them, Mm. Swindon are another. One of the guys have had links to um, Berry as well. So as you can see, it's it's not the greatest. But um, yeah, anyway... um, so we've had all that going on and as well as that with the sharehold, share, shareholders, Morton House have actually, um, they basically, oh, I can't explain it. How do I say it? Yeah, Morton House have actually, um, they've um, took, they're taking our Dale Trust to, board, to um, court as well through the high court and they've actually um this is a separate ongoing thing so we've obviously got the efl charges going on and then martin house because obviously they're trying to say obviously they had done by because um they should be in charge of the club by now obviously they've not because it's an ongoing issue we've no idea what's going on so they've actually um they're taking the dale trust um and 12 individual um board members to um court obviously the club can't pay for this because they've only took they've specifically said these 12 board members and individuals so um we're actually raising money as well at the minute to fund obviously a legal case for that so there's it's just a there's just a lot of ongoing answers going on a lot of controversy nobody knows what's going on um yeah, so we're basically just hoping that Rochdale can stay fan-owned. It's Like I said, there's a lot going on, so 
I don't really know the ins and outs, but if you Google search, obviously Rochdale AFC, there's a lot of articles. If you go on um, Rochdale's message boards, there's a hell of a lot of evidence and information there. What I'll say, you'll probably be there for weeks reading it all because there's a lot going on. But yeah, um, if you want to find out more, I'd, I'd really look into that. <laughs> Yeah. I just want to very just want to very quickly say that other search engines are available. <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned penalisations there from from the yeah. EFL. I mean, could that potentially lead to a points deduction? Yeah. So when the EFL obviously released their statement, all us fans were thinking about was, "Oh God, here we go. We're not doing the best anyway. We're going to get fined, points deduction." But um, obviously. There was that going on, but then the club released a statement a couple of weeks after because they couldn't comment on it. The club released a statement a couple of weeks after, basically saying um, the new chairman, the new board have always cooperated with VFL. They'll be helping them again with the investigations like they have been. And obviously it's come out that it was the old members of the board of directors and stuff that were involved. There was no current employees now at the club, so... I'm hoping with the constant investigations that the Dale Trust are doing, and obviously it does seem quite optimistic. Our chairman's done an interview and he was, obviously he's not certain, but he was very optimistic about it. And he said he doesn't personally think that we will get a points deduction. So mm-hmm. for your chairman to come out, who is, a, who is a Dale fan himself and obviously cares about the club, and he's a very honest guy to come out and say that, that gave us a lot of confidence and, even though obviously we don't know what's going on, you never know with VFL anyway because um, don't really want to go into it. But you never really know with them. But for your chairman to come out as well and say promising things, it is looking very, is looking very positive. So I am compared to when I read the first EFL statement. Yeah, I am quite hopeful that yeah. nothing major is going to happen to the club itself. And if anything, I know obviously we've not got the biggest budget in the world but if anything if it is just a fine i'd rather that than a points deduction <laughs> yeah yeah definitely because i mean i always think with stuff like this and, and we've seen it with with derby gary um it's the fans that suffer it's the players and the team that suffer and it's not their fault is it and i mean like i say derby have been been dropped by about i think it's about 20 20 odd points 22 23 points this season it's still only six points off relegation i mean that's a mid-table championship side you know on form and they're more than likely going to get relegated so the last thing you want i think we had we had paul on um from commentary ladies um a few months ago now and and they got they nearly went bust and they went, went into administration and got fined 10 points now but they they play half the games of you know a regular like a men's side so like they play i think it's like 22 games or 20 games so they got like the same fine as what a regular side would have got which is just it's just really it's really relegated them really they're still i think they're about four points away from from watford who and and they play watford on the final game of the season so they need to pick up another win somewhere or watford don't win and then um and then it'll go down the final the final game of the season but for me gary and i'm going to bring you in on this there needs to be a way i can understand you know the club needs to be um held to account but a points deduction it just affects the fans it affects the players and then if a team does get relegated it's going to affect them financially worse off anyway so it doesn't make any sense to me 
Yeah, and I totally agree with it. I mean, I was going to bring in there as well about obviously covering United ladies because um, it isn't just happening in the male game, it is happening in the female game. And again, you said their 10-point deduction um, for a team that plays half the games that you know a Premier League or a Championship side plays is ridiculous. Like, I mean, I don't see where the logic would have came from for that. From that, but as far as you, as far as the fans go, the fans don't deserve it. Because the club is in financial potential ruin because of that. That's not that's not Dave's fault. Who's a Derby fan? Um, you know that's the way the club's being mismanaged. The you know the people who was who's run the club should be held accountable for that. Not nec- not the fans. Like it's not fair on the fans because ultimately the fans pay for a season ticket. And then the EFL turn around going, well, financial fair play has been broken and you've breached regulations. It's not the fans that have done that. It's it's the people in charge of the club who have took advantage of that situation to try and get, let's just take Derby, for example, and this is just a hypothetical situation. Um, they spent a lot of money getting Philip Koku in and you know getting Wayne Rooney in as a coach who ultimately was going to become a manager. We know that they paid quite a lot in weird just to get that. The money which they potentially had they've used to obviously do that to, to attract a big name thinking it's got long-term longevity um and obviously i'm, I'm talking completely hypothetically there but you know they probably looked and thought well, we've got this money we can, we can do this but ultimately you know similar situations have came back to kind of bite them in the arse and the fans have suffered for that and i just i, I don't think it's fair personally it should be the people who were in charge of the club that should have been held accountable um, it should be the people who are in charge of the club who should face punishment. It happens in American sports like NBA. Um, the previous LA Clippers owner was found guilty of you know financial misconduct and he was banned from buying an NBA team. I think mm-hmm. that probably that sort of stuff should happen for the same people in football. I mean, what worries me about about it with, with what Charlotte's mentioned there is a couple of these groups are rumoured to have been involved in Charlton. I mean, they were very close to going bust. They were saved at the last minute. Very did go bust. Um, you know, Swindon have had all sorts of financial regulations put on them. And uh, I think if you can remember, if, if anyone watches Can't Pay Will Take It Away, Swindon were, were, in, were in that television programme where there was bailiffs there. Yeah. Oh, seriously? I know I'm name-dropping, but... Yeah, the, the Swindon were, were actually um, on that television show when there were people, literally bailiffs at the door of the yeah. football club. So it's um, it's a scary thought. Um, Charlotte, what's obviously, you say it's, it's, it's fans own, so what are the fans doing? Obviously, they've set up the Deal Trust. I've seen the Deal Not For Sale uh, Twitter handle, which yeah. I have joined. Um, I, I do follow, so um, thanks to you, really, because I just retweet everything you put out. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so what are the fans doing? I mean, obviously, the, is there going to be protests? Has there been protests or anything like that at the Games? Um, there's not really been protests because obviously at the minute we're not really sure what's going on kind of thing and obviously the new board, the new directors, and nothing to do with it. So it's it's not really been protests. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of outside investigations. There's been a lot of hard work of um, the Dale Trust, like finding out like a lot of information to do with these certain individuals. Um, Swindon's trust have been amazing. Charlton's trust have been amazing with us. Oldham's as well, because obviously Oldham are going through their own difficulties. Mm-hmm. Um, we've raised quite a bit of money as well. Um, some of our fans and Oldham fans, when we played Oldham at Boundary Park, um, they joined us as well. It was like it was representing solidarity, solidar. <laughs> can't even say it <laughs> in football as well, and. Um, just basically showing our fans can stick together no matter 
no matter what team you support and even though you are rivals. So they actually came to Scotland and they walked with a few of our fans as well to the ground to raise money. They obviously got sponsors. Um, there's um, a page up for Dale, not for sale, what you can um, donate to, any fans, and there's been a lot of fans. Derby as well. You think of the struggles they're going through and there's a lot of Derby fans contributing. We've had fans from Borussia Dortmund, random. <laughs> um, we've, um, on the at home games, we have the buckets to collect spare change. It's, it's just basically anything, and this is just to raise money to go towards, obviously, paying the court fees for these individuals being taken to court. And this isn't even the EFL charges. This is just trying to save our club and become fan-owned, to stay fan-owned, sorry. And, um, yeah, there's just just a lot going on at the moment. And like I say, um, if you do have time, um, if you do go on Google and search in, there is a lot of information, a lot of articles and um, Charlton, some of their fans have actually got a website as well. I think it's called the Charlton Dossier, it's called. And that has a lot of information about, obviously, when these men were linked to the club and they've got a lot of things what went on there, a lot of the shenanigans what went on there. And it, it is a really interesting read, but it is very scary that these men are allowed still to obviously get involved in another football club. It's really scary. I think it it, it, it raises a, a bigger question, Gary, of the EFL's fit and proper persons test. I think you just have to put it on tracing paper. You know, we've seen ourselves with what's happened with Stuart Dalton, Charlie Methlin, how, how they managed to acquire the club, how they've managed to take money away from the club, and now we're still, you know, pretty much effectively owners of the club, um, despite barely having a pot of piss in, to be totally honest with you. Um it really, some some I think it needs to be done on a, on a whole scale because obviously we've seen what's happened, like it or not, with what's happened with Newcastle. You know, we, we might not agree with their ownership or their um, you know their ownership's way of life. Same with City, really. But you look what the the Dubai ownership's done to City. It's it and even even the city of Manchester. It's just the, the flourishing with it, really. And City have turned into a global force. But the AFL side of things. It's pretty much you're seeing this these these stories nearly every season. The likes of Derby this year, like I've mentioned, mentioned Charlton, I mentioned Berry, have gone out of uh, gone out of business. I mean, something needs to change drastically, doesn't it? Really. Yeah, let's not forget though, Man City got away with um, the financial um, misconduct as well because they were getting kicked out of Champions League. That, yeah, that actually yeah. got taken away, you know, because they're a global force, like you said, and. Um, there is obviously a lot of money in Premier League global force style teams. The Premier League, the EFL, fitting proper persons, um, whole stuff. Um, I think, in all honesty, I think it's just someone that sits in a boardroom and thinks, "Oh, I don't mind that um that director of football at Man City or or, or Newcastle or wherever." But oh, that guy at Derby, he's a dickhead. Him, um, we'll, we'll not give him, you know, the light of day. That's the way I think it personally works. Um, because you see, the 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 larger clubs getting away with a lot of stuff. I mean, again, take Newcastle United. There was a lot of protests around around that takeover due to you know the human rights record. Um, originally it didn't go through. Second time round, it did go through. Um, and then obviously there was that whole controversy with eighty one people being beheaded. Um, that was brought up in a press conference. Eddie Howe didn't want to talk about it. 
um you know those those things are coming into it and then you know they're going to approach the fa and say well if you let this this uh, the Saudis take over the club for example um it comes down to it that you know it's it's generalized favoritism in my opinion um and clubs that aren't as well known on the map are getting punished for it is is there is there an excuse Charlotte, for all clubs to be fan owned you mentioned rochdale a, a fan owned and for all clubs to at least have a seat at the table you know like so then you know we can have our have our say and have our questions about the general day to day running of the club. Because at the end of the day, like like what we've mentioned, if it goes wrong, it's not these owners that suffer because they can just swan off at the sunset with the with the briefcases of cash, you know, and, and get into whatever else they want to do. It's the fans that ultimately suffer. I mean, we're looking at Bury who who don't exist, you know. They've yeah. they've got like, you know, a Phoenix club and, and I know that, that club is doing very well, but they're they're, they're out the football league and it's gonna happen again, I think. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're far away from seeing it happen again. You know, we might see it with Derby unless their takeover is 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 going through. So there is a there is an option there or an excuse really to say every club should at least be partly fan owned. Yeah, it's like with us in particular, and um, we've always, like I said, we've always been fan owned. We've never had like a majority shareholder. It's always been like different shareholders, majority are fans. And um, yeah, I just think even though obviously with us, you do have to obviously, we don't get to keep our players. We don't have the biggest budget. So we, we're never going to reach like up and beyond. We're never going to be a top club. But I just think for the stability of the club and just in general, you've got people there that actually do care about the club. You're not getting these you're not getting these people who don't have them for best interest. And especially with Rochdale as well, not a lot of people know this, but we actually own our own stadium. Mm-hmm. Like, we actually own our own ground as well. So for a lot of these men and business people who are involved and don't want the best interests of a club, it's that's something that is appealing to them because obviously... Let's be honest, Rochdale itself as a football club, I'm a Rochdale fan, so I'm allowed to say this, it's not, it's not an appealing club. If you, you were someone who wanted to take over a club, you would your first option wouldn't be Rochdale, would it? Especially, especially when you've got the likes of so many clubs around the area, so you're not going to get the big crowds, you're mm-hmm. not going to get the star players coming joining, you're not going to get like lots and lots of like, you're not going to get the attractive football and stuff. Um, you're just not. So for, for someone like that who's not got the best interest at heart, that is an appealing thing, like owning the stadium and the surroundings. Like we've got a pub there as well, which the club actually own as well. But I think, I think personally, even though we're not going to get too far, we're going to have to sell our players on. We're not going to obviously like have the biggest budget just for the stability of the club and for the long-term future, I think being fan-owned is the way forward. I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's an op- It's certainly a question that needs to be asked where it should happen, especially with the AFL, where there is all, there, there was a seat at the table reserved for you know a fans group um, and the, the fans' money should be in there as well. And it just stops this... I don't think it'll eradicate the whole thing of of, of what's happened, um, but it'll certainly um, it'll certainly make them think twice. I think. Um, yeah. But we'll we'll go on to on the pitch. I mean, has has it affected 
it's easy to, easy enough to see looking at the form guard that it could have affected on the pitch. But I think um, obviously since we last spoke, yeah, they've slid down the table a little bit. Um, but what's the football been like? Has it changed? Has it been worse, or has it just been unlucky? Um... In general, um, I think even when I came on, even when we're doing all right, I think I obviously mentioned it was going to be a frustrating season. Um, even though when we were doing well, you obviously get that little bit in you. It's like, oh, yeah, we actually is it actually going to happen? We're actually doing all right. But it was always going to be a really frustrating season, obviously. We've had a whole change behind the scenes with the chairman, board of directors, obviously management team. Um, before the season even started, we sold um, Stephen Humphreys to Wigan, Ollie Rathbone to Rotherham. He's like, he's one of their best players. Yeah, and they're both in the top three of yeah, League exactly. One. So, yeah. And then obviously, even in January, um, our top scorer, Jake Beasley, went to Blackpool. We obviously got a bit of money for him. Aaron Morley, one of our best players, our best midfielder, went to um, Bolton. We got obviously money for him. And I think just with Obviously, losing them four players, that's a massive loss. But then as well, um, we've not had the best of luck with injuries. Um, our defence started to settle because we signed Paul Downing alone from Portsmouth in um, in January. Then he got injured. So then right. we kind of settled the defence because we were leaking goals. Then he gets injured and then it's back to square, obviously. One again. Obviously, losing Jake Beasley, your top goal scorer. We've not really had that clinical goal scorer and we've not really been creating many chances. And yeah, it's it's just been a frustrating season. And we made some really good signings in January. Luke Charman we bought from Darlington. Um, Tavon Campbell we bought from Woking. I think they were the top two leading scorers in um, the lower leagues. So they'll be great signings, but I think their signings obviously for next season. So as much as obviously it is frustrating and I personally think it's gonna take it's gonna take something really drastic for us to go down because even though we're twentieth, there is a huge not a huge gap, but there is a bit of a gap. Yeah, and, it's ten points, isn't it? Yeah. Ten points for six yeah. games. I can't see that happening. And we've still games. got to play we still got to play Stevenage as well. So yeah. I just I just personally think it was always going to be a frustrating season. I didn't think we'd be this low, mm. but just just the rebuilding, just everything that's been going on on and off the pitch. Yeah, I, there's a lot of people calling for Robbie Stockdale's head already, and I don't want that. I don't want to be the club that keeps sacking managers. And personally, I don't know who our fans think we're going to get because... No top manager, I don't mean to be awful, no top manager is going to come back. And a lot of our fans are mentioning Keith Hill again, but as much as he did wonders at the football club, he's just not the same manager anymore. And you look, obviously, you can't really blame him for what he's done at Scunthorpe because um, I think they were just in trouble anyway. But yeah. uh, he's been at Bolton, he's not done very well. And um, Trammy is <laughs> not done very well there. And I just don't think we can keep going back to him, so... I think this season, if we just obviously stay stay in League Two, which I'm hoping, fingers crossed, I think it'll take something really drastic for us to not. And then even next season, I think Robbie Stockdale's got a really tough season because there's a lot of players out of contract. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just going to be the same again, the rebuilding, trying to get signings. And I personally think we need a couple of seasons in League Two to stabilise ourselves 
build a team and then push on rather than like next season going for it and then ending up straight back down in league league two i think we need to kind of build ourselves steady the ship a bit and then hopefully push on to league one and i know we're not going to be a top league one club but hopefully be a stable league one club in a few years that's what i'm hoping for yeah, it, 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 it's expectations, isn't it, Gary? We yeah. were, we're, in, we're in like League One and we want to be out of League One, obviously. Mm. But for a team like that, you look, you look at Rochdale's at Albans, probably the Port Vales, um, you know, the Brist, like the Bristol Rovers as they were doing really well. It's just about getting out of that league and stabilising and then you never know what can happen. But it takes time, doesn't it, Gary? You know, to, especially with, you know, the like, like I say, the likes of Rochdale. I mean, for sure to say that, you know, we need to stabilise again in League Two and then make a push in, in a couple of years. It's just totally different expectations for what you and I want, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, obviously, as a Sunderland fan, we're eager to get back in the Championship, get back to the Premier League, back where we, we believe we belong. Um as far as our project, we'll get a better way to than Rochdale, or I'm not just saying this because we've got Charlotte on. It's bloody brilliant. Yeah. Um, as far as like our project goes, like I felt like at the beginning of the season we were doing it the right way, um, and I was really impressed that we're bringing through you know youth players like Dan Neal and you know Anthony Patterson, for example. Um, I thought that was good for us. Um, Tate Rochdale, for example, like you said there, Charlotte. You need some stability, maybe get a couple of players come through the ranks. Um, there's nothing more important than obviously the grassroots side of things. And you know, if if the club can stabilize, I mean, I probably a lot of fans were much like yourself, Charlotte, and, and you know, thought as long as we just stay in the league yeah. and don't go down, you've got something to work towards. Like every yeah. now and then a team has to do a do a rebuild. Um and you know, the in the coming years, you know, you you could be you know top of league two going at league one mid table, league one with completely new nucleus like a couple of new, young kids come through the through the ranks who you know have learned from some of the more experienced players, um, it just it takes time to get there. I mean, look at us there, and we've been in league one for four years, and I when we went down, we said we would come straight back up, and it's four seasons now, and we still haven't. It's actually um three years to the. Day, I think it's day or yesterday when you know we had we beat Rochdale two one uh, when I think George Honeyman scored in one of the last minutes. It was the same day as Grand National Day, um, and I can remember that like because obviously we'd won. Um, Tiger rolled and won its second Grand National. Mm-hmm. That's how far I'm going back, um, and I was convinced we were going up. I, I think it was only had four games left or five games left, and it was in our hands and. That's probably the closest we've been because obviously that was that got into the play. We got the playoff final, but we were we were there. We were like really good. You could touch it after being watched. That was a great way to like I say. I, mean, I, I, I just love that. Love that way to it. It's just a nice little drive down. It's a nice little stadium. You know, like Charlotte mentions, there's a pub just next to it. You know, it's 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 brilliant. It's a proper proper football ground. Um, but Charlotte will go on to a little bit of you know personal news for yourself because since we have that sport, you have been very busy. <laughs> um, obviously, you've got your own. Um, you and Isabel have got your own um, spot in the Rochdale program with the Dale Way. Um, you know that's obviously we were mentioned in the in the program at some point before Christmas, but that seems to be going really well. And you've obviously become an ambassador for her game too, and you're starting your own little Rochdale fans sort of uh, sort of forum there with with her game too. So just you know, yeah, just go through where uh, what's been happening to you personally, really. Yeah, it's been really crazy. And it's mental because obviously we've obviously got the Day Away podcast, but 
obviously I've been really busy with this stuff. Mm. Isabel's been busy. It's her final year at uni. So she's obviously busy with the uni stuff. So we've not actually done the podcast. It's been more um, a program feature, which, yeah, we just, just at first it was just talking about um, the club in general and talking about the podcast we've been on, stuff we've been doing. But um, the recent weeks, what we've been doing, we've actually been asking female fans for their, away fans for their experiences as well, because I just think it's nice hearing different people's experiences, like what their clubs are like, how um, obviously they help their female fans. So that's kind of what we've been doing recently in the programme. And even though we've only got, we like to talk a lot anyway, and <laughs> us women, and um, we've noticed that we're just women in general. So you've only got 500 to 600 words. So we've actually got a blog on our website as well with an extended version. Um, but yeah, the Her Game 2 stuff, it's just massive. And not just for Rochdale in general, just the campaign itself. It's just getting bigger and better. And some of the some of the teams that have signed up as well, obviously, you've got Brentford. Um, Leeds did their dedicated fixture against Manchester United. So they had all the T-shirts on the yeah. TV. So it's mental. But yeah, the Rochdale one, I actually got announced on my birthday as well. <laughs> An ambassador. So it was a really nice birthday present. And um yeah, um, basically, what I'm doing, I'm the ambassador. So we try and better the match day, ex- not only the match day experience for um, women in general, but just a bit of a comfort blanket and a safe spot. And for people who obviously who don't really want to go to the games, um, if they are frightened in any way, if obviously they think it's not for them, if obviously um, they've not been in a long time, it's just trying to like encourage them that they do have a voice as well and they're more than entitled to speak about the game and obviously their opinion does matter we want them to feel safe as well but obviously me as an ambassador I can't just do it all on my own so I've got a team of girls together as well who I just think are perfect role models and people who I know are as passionate as me about obviously football about Rochdale and the campaign in general and yeah we're just trying to better better it really i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm not saying rochdale's a bad place because it's not um just trying to encourage more people in general whether it be a small a small girl whether it be someone playing football whether it be um someone who works behind a bar at the club just bettering everyone's experience really making it yeah a really good place for people to visit whether it be a home fan or an away fan yeah, I mean, because we've, we've seen a couple of things in the last few weeks where it, it's creeping back in again, you know, the sexism stuff. And I know, um, you know, there was that, that little campaign over the weekend where there was like some posters or some stickers made. For me, it's absolutely yeah. sickening. Um, and I know Kaz and, and Lucy were had a really bad experience at the match. Um, and obviously, we would like to send our well wishes on to Kaz and Lucy. Obviously, Lucy's been on the show three or four times now, and she's absolutely brilliant. You know, one of the, one of the best girls you could ever meet. So... Yeah, it just you're there for one reason. You're there to watch a football match. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're black, white, you know, yellow yeah. man, woman, you know, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, we're all football fans, and I think it just shows the last few weeks have got to show why we still need a game two, why why it became such a a huge thing, and why we need it. Um, so yeah, we would like to send our well wishes on to cousin Lucy, um, if you are listening, um, but. Like long term with it, um, Charlotte, is, is there something that you've got? Is there any plans you've got long term? Was it just about making that experience for a female fan at Rochdale better? Um, in general, the Her Game 2 campaign, all the girls want, um, hopefully, fingers crossed, every club 
um, whether it be Premier League and right down um, to obviously support the campaign. Me as a Rochdale fan, I just want to obviously, it sounds mental, but I just want to encourage people and it's more so as much as obviously I want to encourage the older people as well. Um, I love just getting messages off like, mums and dads saying that obviously me and Isabel have encouraged like a young girl to play football or like a young girl to go and watch with a dad and that's kind of that's what I kind of want to do kind of thing because I remember going with my dad and that's how obviously I started becoming a Rochdale fan and becoming like still watching him now a season ticket holder I want people to have that experience like go and watch it and not even with the dads with the mums it's like I take my little boy, um, Bobby, seven, and as much as he tells me is a United fan, a Manchester United fan, <laughs> I'm, I'm turning him into a Rochdale fan. You can see him getting more passionate about it and he's enjoying coming. And um, he got to meet the players as well um, a couple of weeks ago and stuff. So as much as obviously he does tell me he's a Manchester United fan, I can slowly see him converting into a Rochdale fan and I love it. And I just want people to get out of the habit of thinking it is like, obviously, we always call it like the man's game. And it's not that women want to take over. We just want to be recognised and like, yeah. we just want to, we just want to like enjoy it and have our opinions as much as obviously men's do. And I think that's what I think a lot of these people don't actually understand as well. And they think we're coming to like take over and we're not. We just, <laughs> we just want to get the point out that we can obviously enjoy it as well. And like we were saying before about them stickers, I just, I don't understand who would actually go and pay money to have stickers printed just to, just to be horrible. I just, I just yeah. really don't understand. But obviously a lot of it is done anonymously as well. And like I found, I've never actually had a bad experience at football itself. It's always been on social media. And I just think people think they are entitled to put people down now. And yeah, it's, it's quite an awful place, isn't it, social media at times? It is. It is. It's, it's, it's horrible. I think sometimes you just need a break from it. Um, you need like a couple of weeks off or something like that. But that's, it's still no excuse. You know, it's absolutely no excuse. You need identification on... Sorry, Gary, go for it. You need identification on social media. 100%, it's, like, yeah. It's got to happen. I just, uh, we've talked about this loads of times in the past. Like, how can a post be tagged on Instagram for, you know, covid but can it be tagged for racism or sexism? Yes. How does that... My phone knows when I'm wearing a face mask now, but we can't figure out how to, you know, like, do age verification or identification for, for trolls on Twitter. Like, I just think it's stupid. Like, you know, this this needs to be something that's got to be brought in. We're kind of entering a new era with, you know, social media. Stuff like this needs to happen. Social media is always evolving, um, but verification of is who you are is massively yeah. important and, and you know not just for social media for like real life matters like you know like just... sexual assaults and that sort of stuff like it just would make everything so much more like drilled down so to speak in my honest opinion it's something that needs to be brought in that's just my opinion it's like with, it's like with me if i ever get like a nasty comment it's always off like a bob one two three four with cristiano ronaldo as his profile picture it's never like an actual like account where you can see someone's profile picture it's always someone sitting behind like a fake account and 
I just think if if you've got the audacity to obviously like say something and be mean to someone, actually do it as you. Don't hide behind yeah. a fake account or like behind a profile picture that's not actually you. Yeah, if I highly doubt Cristiano Ronaldo calls himself Bob one two three four. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you uh, just very quickly what you were saying about taking your son to the games. Um, I'm taking my nephew to the, the ladies' games at the minute. He's been to two. Oh, um, and he's meeting all the players because they like, stop afterwards and all that. And he's um, But he's a Newcastle fan. So I'm, <laughs> I'm like trying to get him more, like, like what you said, trying to get him yeah. the, the, the brighter side of things. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he loves this. And, and he's just starting to get into football. He, he never used to like football. He's like nearly nine. He didn't particularly care for it. And now he absolutely adores oh, He just loves really it. So that. it's what it's all about, isn't it? Uh, yeah. All about. And, um, on that note, we'll go on to um, Ballum and Ballick of the week. Um, we'll start with Baller, Charlotte, you're our guest. So feel free to go first. I'm going to go with a bit of a spin on this one. And I don't know if you've seen him, like, if you've followed his journey, but I'm going to go for him. It's a little boy called River the Champ. And, um, yeah, I don't know if you've seen him. Um, obviously, he's good friends with Harry Maguire, bless him. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've seen the videos that he met the Wolves team and Connor Cody picked him up. But he's, um, he's going through a really hard time. He's actually got cancer at the minute. And even though, obviously... Is going through such a hard time. It's only seven blessing as well. It just spreads so much positivity. And I've been following his journey for um, a good few months now. And he's just, he's just such an amazing little boy. So I I just want to obviously um, choose him. And he's brilliant at football and he's brilliant at megging people as well. <laughs> he's put some skills <laughs> on TikTok. And honestly, just his smile and just how positive he is, I just think he's amazing. So I'm going to go for River the Champ. Yeah, that's that's a great one to start off start off with, Gary. Uh, I've got to go with um, Trent Arnold at the moment. Trent Alexander Arnold. He's like he's in God mode at the moment. Trent Arnold. Yeah, Trent Alexander Arnold. You know, sounds like a fisherman. T A A, whatever you want to call him. I think he's in God mode at the moment for Liverpool. He's playing absolutely class. And I remember a while ago, I put out a post on Instagram. Who was the better right back in Maurice James? And at the time, I said Reese James. But the way Trent Alexander-Arnold's like playing at the moment, he's he's in the form of his career. And I'm going to put it out there, he'll be the next captain of Liverpool when Henderson retires or leaves the club. Um, he's playing fantastic, and I just think he deserves a shout-out. We had a brilliant game yesterday as well for Liverpool. Mm, he did. I think it was a, it was a great one for the for both of the uh, of the English sides because Trent Alexander Arnold had such a good game, and then Phil Ford and when he came on for City, just changed absolutely the changed the game. He was, it was like I think someone says like watching him in a schoolyard, and you know that he's the best player, and he was just dribbling around all you know all the all his mates or whatever like that. He just made it look so easy. I mean, like the future is so bright for in, for English football with them too. I, I personally think Phil Ford and could become. England's best player ever. You know, he's just such a good player. He's still only young. Um, I really want to say he's my ball of the week, but he's not because my ball of the week is a tennis player called Eva Schwantek. And I hope I've said yeah. that correctly. Um, but she's became um, the world number one. She's one of only four tennis players to win what they call the Sunshine Duo, which is the Miami Open and the other one, <laughs> San Antonio, I think it is. Uh, I had it in my head. I knew what it was, but I couldn't remember. Um, but I think it's in New Wells, isn't it, Gary? New Wells in the uh, Miami Open. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's called the Sunshine Duo Open. And um, 
she's one of the only, I think there's only four players to have won it before her. Um, and then she said on her interview, she dedicated getting number one Ash Barty, which I thought was absolutely beautiful. Um, so I will we'll go for her. Um, yeah, so well done. I think she's going to be a force in tennis over the next few years, Gary. I know me and you love our tennis, but I think she's really going to be a force uh, to be reckoned with. So yeah. we'll go on to ball eight. Um, Charlotte, we'll go to you first. I wasn't really sure about this one. So I don't know what the score is now because obviously I've been doing this, but I'm going to go with Frank Lampard because I know Everton were getting beat against Burnley. Don't know if they changed around, so I'll feel bad now. They're winning 2 They're actually winning. Oh, no. I'm still going to go with him anyway. Oh, no, it's 2-2. It's actually, it's 2-2. It's 2-2. Oh, it's 2-2. Oh, there we go. I'm going to go with him now. Yeah, Frank Lampard. Um... It's just came out today that uh, FIFA and Gianni Infantino are considering changing the FIFA World Cup to 100 minutes instead of 90 minutes, which <laughs> yeah. I think is absolutely ridiculous. Um, we've grown up for years knowing the game is 90 minutes. You know, next it'll be there's 12 players and 13 players. And I just, I just think it's getting a bit ridiculous now with all the new rules and stuff that seem to be coming in. There's some I agree with, some I don't. For example, concussion substitution, 100% behind mm. that. Um, VAR can be a real pain in the arse but it makes the game fairer but at the same time it's just not great for the fans and changing the game for 100 minutes is just ridiculous we've known the game to be 45 minutes a half we don't need to change it it's not broke, don't fix it no, I think FIFA just come to a way just to make football daft it's, just, it's, it's yeah. mad it is, it's mad um, I really want to conclude with you on that one Gary Um yeah, I really want to conclude on that because it's just it's it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But mine is actually um, Chelsea just for getting absolutely brutalised off yeah. Brentford on on Saturday because you just you were just expecting them to win. I think everyone was expecting them to win, and I love what we call a coupon buster in um, in football when when you just go through like they'll win easy or whatever. And then Brentford were absolutely superb, but some of Chelsea's defended. I mean, Antonio Rudiger, who was one of the best defenders in the world, looked like he played on a Sunday league um, half cut. Um, after a great night on the town, you know he was um, he was awful. Um, but fair play to Brentford, but I thought Chelsea were, were really poor, and, they, and then they're getting beat tonight as well. So um, what's looking like going to be a really bad season is going to turn into an even worse one, I think. So I'll I'll go with them. But Gary, I think you make a brilliant point about FIFA. I mean, it's just bad. I think it's something we need to we need to talk about. We obviously will do a World Cup preview somewhere down the line, um, but that's just mad. Hundred minutes, and the one about changing isn't it? Then the next one where they're making it where it's only groups of three and the top two get out. It's like you win one game and you're through. What's the point? It's been getting ridiculous since the FIFA, like um, since they brought in like the the club, not the club championship, man, the uh, the Nations League. It's been getting ridiculous since then, to be honest. But yeah, and also going off what you're saying about Brentford and as well, I think we've got to give a, a mention to Christian Eriksen who came yeah. back from a cardiac arrest. He's playing some of the best football I have actually ever seen him play. Spurs and Man United are now interested in um, like he played brilliant for Denmark the other day, making his return. Um, you know, the guy is, you know, he, he's, you know, he's proved that you can come back from a cardiac arrest and still play at the same quality, quality of football. And, you know, congratulations and fair play to him. Like, Yeah, yeah, he's, he's been fantastic. What I love as well, like, he's just playing with a smile on his face. He's just, he knows that he's obviously got this second chance um, at life, really. You know, I mean, like, we were talking, what, nearly a year ago now and 
his life was was pretty much over. And you know, thanks to you know great medical, you know great refereeing, but first five and he said, and great medical uh, awareness. And he, we, he's got a second chance, and he's just he's been amazing. And he's I just love his smile, like when he scored on. Uh, you seen him like falling over the goalkeeper's just smiling his head off because he knew he'd scored. It was mint. <laughs> so yeah, well done, Christian Eriksen. Well done, Brentford. You know, mint. And it's nice to see. It's nice to see happen to Chelsea, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll conclude there, guys. Um, Charlotte, thanks so much for coming on again, and best of luck for her game too. Best of luck for the the deal. We're best. Of luck. Hopefully, Rod still gets sorted out. We look forward to reading you on the program. Just yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me again as well. Oh, let's say you're anytime. more than welcome. You're free to anytime you want. We'll talk about anything. Just come on. You know, we'll talk about curry if you want. That's whatever. <laughs> I don't actually watch curry. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's great to have you on again. You know, you are a really, really good guest, and we, we love having you on. Uh, Gary, as always, thank you very much. Hope you're feeling better soon. Uh, me too, mate. But uh, thanks for coming on, Charlotte. Uh, nice to catch up with you again, Ant, and nice to hear, you know, record a podcast for the first time in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Like, yeah, uh, you know what's going to happen now, though? The order of file is going to fail. <laughs> nah, nah, it's not, man. do it all over again. Not, I'm, I'm looking <laughs> well, at it yeah, right now. Well, all I've got to do is So there we go. Um, <laughs> thanks very much, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll be back hopefully next week. If not, I'll be a Twitter space. So, yeah. Cheers. Take care. Good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.